1: Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we have with us Jeff Russell. He is a best-selling author, renowned speaker, and accomplished entrepreneur. As the founder of many successful businesses and author of his latest book, Fire Yourself First, Jeff is an expert in helping business owners break free from the daily grind. Uh, what I'd like to point out at this time is that even if you have a very busy, successful medical practice or alternative healthcare care practice, <clears throat> um, Many people are now going into what we call a side hustle, which is another business that is uh, affiliated or associated with that to bring in additional income. Jeff doesn't come by marketing alone lightly. He has been associated with the healthcare field for over 20 years He was involved with the International Association for Physicians in Aesthetic Medicine and had an aesthetic medical spa. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Barbara.
1: So what our listeners would first like to know is what was the inspiration for writing your latest book?
0: What was interesting is it was almost by accident and I had by design, or I guess by need, 11 years ago, when I opened up my medical practice with my partner, we both had full-time jobs. She was an OBGYN delivering babies. I had a full-time business as well. I I have founded the International Association for Physicians in Aesthetic Medicine. So we were teaching Botox and fillers as aesthetic procedures that a lot of physicians add on to their existing practice, or as you mentioned, now do as a side hustle if you don't have a practice so it's a good easy start so we both had full-time jobs and we couldn't really be in the business, the practice every day, all day week. So we're like, how are we going to do this? So we actually created, or I created systems and processes, so SOPs, so that people, we could hire someone. And our first hire was a nurse, and we gave her the instruction manual that how to open, how to close, how to do patient consultations, how to do the procedures, and then we let her run it. When she got too busy, we hired another nurse. And when they got too busy, we hired another nurse. Now we have five nurses working in that clinic. My partner, the OBGYN only works about two, three hours a month, and I work about an hour a month in it. The practice really ran itself. And so what I realized was you don't need to be a key part of the practice. And what's amazing about medical aesthetics is the provider doesn't even have to be on site. You just have to be able to delegate to the proper scope of practice person. So with nurses, they pretty much can do all aesthetic procedures. When you have a, aestheticians or laser technicians, their scope is a little bit more narrow. And so when I look back 11 years, I'm like, wow, here's a practice I work two, three hours a month in. And I'm like, this is just running itself. So I actually fired myself from my practice before I even knew I had done it.
1: So did you have new employees and nurses work on you first?
0: That is one of the side benefits of the practice is absolutely. I am always there as a patient. Absolutely. And and probably I buy equipment that could benefit myself as well. Being in my 50s, I'm like, okay, this is the time things start to go sideways or downwards. Absolutely.
1: So no wrinkles for you.
0: <laughs> Not unless I want them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you would want them because?
0: Oh, you can't look. There's that LA look where you have the frozen face. That's just not for me. I just want to look like I'm relaxed. Like I just came back from family vacation for two weeks and and looking relaxed and not too angry or anything.
1: Of course, working two to three hours a month or a week, whatever it was that you said, is enough to make you look very relaxed.
0: Yeah. And so when I was looking back, I decided two years ago, I would only work 10 days a month in all of my six businesses. And so in order to do that, they had to be running very well. And so that is really the four steps of the Fire Yourself First book is first, you got to have a purpose bigger than you. It's not your practice. It's not your business. Your purpose has to be much bigger than that. And so the second one is you have to have a team in place to do all the procedures so you don't have to. So hiring the right team was a very important second step. And that's sometimes the most difficult part for a physician, especially to give up control, right? As you guys know so much, and I want you to maintain your clinical knowledge, but you know what? Hiring people, ordering supplies, that is stuff you do not need to do. I had one of my nurses in a previous life. She was like a store manager at a retail operation. So she was perfect to do the clinic practice operations as well. So let's look at what we have already and just side put, that. I pay her an extra couple of dollars an hour, and that's way cheaper than me doing it because I make more than a couple of dollars an hour. And so always look at how you can offshoot things. And then the numbers are important. So how much do you spend on marketing and how much do you get back? And I know for aesthetic practices, the number one ROI is Google pay-per-click advertising. People, when they want aesthetic procedures and many cash-based procedures, will type in the procedure and the city name. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, Botox Scottsdale. When that comes up, I need to be showing up there. You've got to have a good website that says what you do before and after photos, and you have to have a good Google pay-per-click campaign so that when people type in the procedures that you offer, that you come up. And so that's one of my key numbers is I spend $5,000 a month on Google advertising and I make 120. So it's a good return on my investment. I'll do that investment all day long. And the last thing is, what are you going to do next? So if you go to 10 days a month and you have 20 days a month available, now you get to choose your life which is so much more fun than grinding it out. You've all ground grinded it out for your last five, 10, 20, 40 years. So now's the time for you. So get off the grind.
1: Absolutely. That sounds very envious. On your ads, where did where did you find them to be most successful? Was it social media? Was it? Where was it?
0: I don't have a lot of budget to build my brand. So when I do my marketing, it's lead generation marketing or patient generation marketing. I need to capture somebody who's looking for my procedure now. With Google, you can choose what words they type in and when you come up. So for us do I choose the word? Does Botox work? No, not at all. Because that's somebody who's in a research frame of mind. They're not ready to buy. But -hmm. if they type in the procedure in your city, they're ready to buy. So I want to come up. We tried marketing with Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. I do spend money with that, but it's a very small percentage, probably 2%. And we always try that is more brand recognition. You're there. I find people that are on Facebook. Now, even though they're my exact demographic, women, 45 to 60, which is the demographic I'm looking for, they use Facebook the most. They're not actually usually on Facebook to buy services Mm -hmm. as much as communicate. So it's a The better strategy for social media is to show before and after photos, just be very educational of the procedures and the services that you offer. And one tip we did was this one afternoon, we didn't have any patients booked. And so what the nurses did is they did procedures on each other. And while they were doing them, they took photos and videos By the time they were done two hours worth of procedures, they had about 80 videos and 300 photos. Now we could take those and repurpose those for social media. They're not as valuable for pay-per-click advertising because you can't really use images and videos. But for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, we can use that and our website and our YouTube page as well. Because remember, YouTube's the second largest search engine. So if you can get anything like that, it's great. And so the other thing is you don't have to have a video camera crew in. People want authenticity. And so doing even with your camera, your iPhone or your Samsung Android camera, that's a very good quality that'll show what you do. And then you can use that in three or four different places. So not only on your Facebook, which connects to Instagram and then TikTok, you can do videos, but you can put it on your website and you can also put it on a YouTube page.
1: That's very helpful to know. Tell me, how do entrepreneurs create an autonomous business?
0: The key is it's got to be able to run without you. So if your business or your practice is critical for you to be there, then you have a job. You may be, insurance may be paying you through your patients. The hospital may be paying you if you're working through a hospital, but you actually just have a job. So what we need to do is you need to have a practice where you don't have to be there and you can delegate to extenders. An extender can be a nurse, could be an LPN, LVN, RN, NP, PA. It could also be an esthetician, a licensed laser technician, depending on the procedures, or a medical assistant as well. So what is within their scope of practice in your state so that they can actually do those? So you delegate those. That's why it's tough, right? Say if you have family practice, you only get paid when you see the patient. Now, when your nurse sees the patient or anything like that, but with aesthetics, if someone's having a chemical peel to deal with melasma, for example, or rosacea, you have your mame could be doing that, an aesthetician could be doing that, or a nurse could be doing that. And so when you're not required to be there and you have a team of extenders doing those procedures, that's your first step to an autonomous practice. And one of the benefits to that is now when you go to sell your practice, it's actually worth more because you're not critical. You're not a critical part of it. So that really shows when you have that autonomous practice is a practice that runs without you. And in all intents and purposes, I know this is a crude metaphor, but our aesthetic practice is an ATM for us, right? It just generates cash. We work when we want to work. We work if we want, my partner wants to take a month off and go to Italy. She can do that. Practice runs just fine without her.
1: That was a really very helpful (laughs) For for us all, well. uh, what makes this book different from other books on the same topic?
0: What I try to do is, when I turned fifty, I discovered I can't handle as many topics as I used to, and so I like to simplify things and find that first domino that knocks all the other ones down. So I'm always trying to find what's the easy thing, and so this book, which is available in print as well as on Audible, Fire Yourself First, is. All about four simple steps to starting this. And you don't have to start them all at once. You can slowly, depending on your situation, start instituting them. As I mentioned, the first one is really what's your personal why? What do you want to do? So if you didn't have your practice, what would you do? And then the second one is you, you're going to need a team. So it may be you, you may be doing the side hustle and you're the first and only employee, but you always want to think about who, not you. So who's going to do these procedures? Not you. Depending on what the procedure is, you may have to hire a mid-level, like a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant, but you may also be able to hire someone a little bit below that, like an RN or an LPN, LVN. So you have to know the scope. So who can do what? Not you. And then The third thing is you have to know two or three numbers so you know whether your business is growing and successful. So I have a whole section on creating dashboards and scorecards for you and your staff. And then the last thing is what's next? I find when you have a future and it's in 10 years, I want to be semi-retired on a beach in Belize. Then when you have that in your mind has nothing to do with your practice today, it'll actually start. And readjusting your decisions on what you need to do today to get there in five years. So I always got a big outside picture. So you may hire an MP first because you want to be out of the country six months of the year. And that's fine, but let's just know what's required.
1: Listeners may be saying, this sounds great, but where do I find these extenders to hire?
0: Extenders are actually, yeah, great question. In aesthetics, I find the easiest, best extenders are licensed practical nurses, LPNs, because many of them are working in old folks' homes and They're doing what they do, but they don't necessarily love it. And so to come and work in an aesthetic or a private clinic environment, they get very excited to do that. LPN schools, um, you can also get graduates who are graduating who kind of fit. I can train them the clinical, that's not difficult, but I can't train the attitude. I want that glass half full person. I want someone who likes doing procedures. This is very important because most. In aesthetics, anyways, and even in weight loss, you're doing procedures. You're doing body contouring, body shaping, you're injecting, maybe you're doing the semi glutides, which is very popular right now. You're injecting Botox, you're doing micro channeling, PRP, vampire facelifts. Those are all procedures. So I like to have someone who's good with their fingers and their hands. That's the first step. Look for, we post on Indeed. And, but first of all, my biggest, most important thing is referrals. Let all your friends, family, colleagues at the hospital know that you're looking for someone and they will generally recommend someone in their network.
1: That's really a great idea. You've certainly given us a lot of tips. The To end the session, I usually say, are there one or two tips that you would like to give to our listening audience? But it certainly sounds like you ha- have given them already. Uh, Are there any additional that we haven't touched upon?
0: Yeah. One thing that I've been hearing recently since COVID really is that medicine is not fun anymore. It's a grind. It's exhausting, both mentally and physically. And I want you to know that there is another way, right? If we can actually utilize extenders into a medical practice, that's just gives you that relief and that time to breathe. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. There's another way, there's a better way and a different way to practice medicine. And so that's the biggest, I think takeaway is don't feel you need to grind it out in the ER for 20 years if you're done then look at expanding and doing some fun medicine as well.
1: This has been a really fun episode today. Thank you so much. Uh, this is another episode of marketing tips for doctors and you have been listening to myself the host Dr. Barbara Hales with Jeff Russell. till next time.